Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on September 11th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. theme of our service is change and I just want to say a little bit about uh, it. Every two, three months we have what's called a small corner uh, which is where where we find out uh, what's happening in people's lives because we believe here at St. James that what happens on a Monday is as important and as sacred as what happens on Sunday. So it links in what's going on with people's lives. with us um, together. And as a church, we are uh, part of the Inclusive Church Network, and that's the Inclusive Church in its its widest sense, but also within that is that we do support LGBT plus um, uh, rights, and we want to make our church as welcoming to them as we can, because we're well aware that the church hasn't always been a welcoming place. So during our small corner, we've got an interview with Rosie. Uh, Danielle will be doing it, and she's talking to us about her journey as a parent of uh, a trans uh, child. And many of us know uh, Oren, who is lovely, uh, and has gone through this uh, journey uh, himself. And yesterday, we had a fantastic uh, wedding. Um, And during the first bit, there was a part of me that I think fits uh, with our theme today about changes. And it's in the introduction of the wedding, and it says, our life consists not only in being, but also in becoming. It is a journey in which we grow and are transformed. And obviously it's a journey that that Oren's been on very courageously uh, and physically, but I think it's a journey that we're all on as Christians, that our calling is fundamentally, I think, not about what we do, but fundamentally us becoming who we truly are. Uh, us becoming who God created us to be. And I think all of, we all have obstacles uh, in order to become that, and it's a lifelong uh, process. So I think today's small corner um, is very relevant to all our lives uh, in terms of transformation and change. The other thing is, uh, obviously, this service happens in the wider context of what's happening in the world, and a hugely significant event uh, is the death of uh, Elizabeth, our Queen, and and whatever your views about the monarchy, it's hugely significant, and she is a a remarkable um, person. So I thought if we start our service... Uh, We'll light a candle, invite those people at home to light their candle to join uh, what's happening in church with the churches that are happening in home. And then I will just uh, pray a prayer uh, for Queen Elizabeth uh, and the family. So if we start our service in the usual way with a moment's silence and I'll light the candle and then say a prayer. Almighty and eternal God, you uphold and govern all things, both in heaven and on earth. 
and by your grace alone kings and queens do reign. We thank you for all the blessings which you have bestowed upon us through our late Sovereign Lady Queen Elizabeth, whom you have called from this life in recent days. We thank you for the wisdom of her guidance and her love of peace, for the care and devotion for which she served her people, for the example of her gracious life. We pray that you would fill our hearts with gratitude for all these good things and give us grace that we may use the memory of them as a perpetual call to live according to your will for the good of the world and the glory of your great name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. remain standing for our confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released and may you blossom into a future graced with love.
Our Gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, starting at verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. This is the Gospel, the good news for all. Praise to you, Christ. So let me just do a quick check. Can I have a thumbs up if you can hear us? Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm just noticing a lot of butterflies running through me, which is really <laughs> unusual. Uh, this is what I do for a living. Um, how are you feeling? Actually, less butterfly than I expected. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> So um, I'm just really conscious that we have a, a mammoth topic here and 20 minutes in which to cover it. So I'm just going to say a small prayer that um, God speaks through both of us. And so that whatever can be covered in 20 minutes that is in service and powerful comes out of our mouth. Mm. So before we dive into um, a big and complicated story, let's talk about you first, because otherwise we come into this with only one identity and you're more than a mother, right? So share with us just a little bit about you. Sure, sure. Um, I guess I identify like everybody as a lot of things. I identify as um, a child to aging parents. I'm learning about that at the moment. Um, a, a parent, a sibling. Apparently I'm the empathetic one and the practical one. <laughs> Don't know if anybody relates to that. Um, I identify as Irish in another complicated story of why I identify as Irish and not Northern Irish. Um, growing up in the Troubles, a child of the Troubles really. Um, I identify as a very small cog in the Scottish water machine <laughs> of keeping our water safe. And, and actually within that, I spent most of my career thinking about change and how change impacts on people, which which felt really funny whenever Oren came out that suddenly all those changes felt kind of not hard at all anymore. But it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I identify as a feminist to 20 years of being a leader in a man's organization. It means you've got a story or two to tell about how to kind of go on that journey. I, you know, identify as a Christian, maybe even Episcopalian, I don't know. Um, I grew up 24 years as a Presbyterian, but I've got some issues with that particular church right now. Silver Sister, identifies as a Silver Sister, stopped dying at 34. Um, bassoonist, musician, I mean the, the list goes on but I guess the biggest journey we've been on in the last five years is as, as a transparent when my eldest who's now, for anybody that doesn't know, my he, when when Oren was 13 he came out as transgender and he's been living his life as Oren ever since so that's been a pretty big journey for us as you say and I thought that might be the nice thing to sort of focus on in our small corner because, you know, in 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 service, I guess, of inclusive church. Yeah. Yes, a nice thing and also a really courageous thing. Um, and I say that as somebody who's 
wholly aware of the complexity of the conversation. I mean, you've probably been um, introduced now into one of certainly the UK's, if not the world's most complicated conversations um, overnight and having to navigate that yourself whilst already even today being someone who's being asked to show that path to others and mm -hmm. to teach to others and I just um I know that you've given me permission to go anywhere today yeah. <laughs> and I'm also going to say to everybody um you know this is a complex conversation and I think one of the things that really struck me is we keep trying to make it simple but how does it feel to be why did you why did you say yes to a small corner on this topic like what is your longing for what's the change you're longing for um yeah the 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 whole inclusive church is is huge for me um and it was huge for me before any of this happened I grew up in Belfast which you know was largely homophobic and actually very sadly the church was a real pillar of that a lot of homophobia was was taught through the church and so when I moved to Edinburgh I kind of took a bit of a chance for a, a reset of who I was who I wanted to be I was 24 um and what actually was my Christianity to me and I just came down on the side of it has to be a gospel of love and not a god of judgment mm. that's kind of you know where where I've got to now and you know, we've got a song later on in the service about, you know, trying to love you because I get quite sad about the church holding views that are still very hurtful. Mm. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think we're in a really positive place now. Yes, it's been a massive journey. Yes, it's a very complicated topic, but I just learned so much, you know, and I have my, my children, my family, we've all learned so much. So, you know, if there's anything we can do in this conversation, to help people learn and that's kind of why I wanted you to ask me questions yeah. to kind of go just ask me what you think people are curious to know yeah. because that's how you learn sometimes you need a space and I think sometimes and St James have been so lovely and so helpful and so supportive that maybe you don't ask the question because you're worried that that question might be difficult yeah. <laughs> so let's ask some questions yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> well how did it feel to get the news right back at transition stage yeah crazy absolutely crazy I would say Trevor and I oh and before I go any further Trevor Connell and Oren all know that we're having this conversation today and are all very happy and know that they're part of this story I, I, I'm not speaking without anybody being aware but but I guess um we were aware there was a cloud over our child's head and we didn't know what that cloud was we'd never been teenage parents before Maybe this is just normal. Maybe this is just what happens. So, so we kind of knew something was kind of in the in in Oren's mind. And so, it, when it when he actually he told us beautifully through a letter, which was lovely because it kind of gave us as our own space to kind of have that initial reaction. Um, you know, at least we know this is what it is now. So, on one level, even then, when it was sort of terrifying, there was a moment of relief. There was there was okay. At least we know what change we're dealing with now. Um, so that was interesting. But then the word that comes to mind is wonky. Right. It was just wonky from that point forward. It was um, the child tells you at the point when they have thought about it so long, so hard, they feel really sure. And actually they need things to happen now. They want change like that really, really quickly. And as parents, you're kind of like, oh, big news, breathe, slow calm <laughs> and so you're instantly kind of in, in opposing places with that and you just have to work out 
how to navigate it and you navigate it wonkily yeah you make sort of crazy decisions about not telling the scout leader what's going on before they go off and scout camp because that's what your child wants and then it all sort of plays out at scout camp you know so all these things you look back on and go why did we do it like that (laughs) why did we think that was a good idea but I guess you just have to feel your way through it and you have to educate yourself quickly and as helpfully as you can you have to get to know other people who have walked the path before you there's a fantastic network um called the transparenties <laughs> um of transparents in across scotland actually um, and we meet once a month and we meet on zoom and we meet in the flesh but sort of from time to time and just share our stories and even last week somebody was coming on and their stories just take you right back mm-hmm. they're they're experiencing what you're experiencing and then you can kind of say well, here's some of the ways we got through it. And then somebody else will say, oh, and we did this. And and, you know, and so everybody kind of finds their way with that. But you are finding your way in the midst of a lot yeah. because it is, as you say, such a big toxic topic yeah. at the moment. You well, know, you've got I'm, every language, haven't you? You're having to process your own feelings, you're having to manage your family, you're having to manage a son who's going through that mm-hmm. piece, you're having to learn about it, you're worrying about what's the world now going to do to my child, I imagine. Whilst getting your pronouns right, which yeah. is kind of tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that, because I know, it, I mean, even the change of name, you know, that's, I'm just thinking on a really simple level, you know, um, from whatever date was forward, everyone's going to be singing God Save the King, and it's like, it just feels yeah, yeah. so wrong. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, not that I ever said the other one so often anyway but this is a big deal to have someone in your house literally changing an identity overnight how did that even those things go it it, wonkily (laughs) and so we didn't really know what to call anything for a while and actually whenever Oren was a bump and a a, a pre-named baby the word was bean (laughs) we bean and so we we called Oren We Bean for a while, which was just a kind of a buffer, yeah. like a little nickname <laughs> nickname buffer, um, which actually a counsellor later told me was really helpful because it felt really known to them. You know, it was a it was a familiar name. Um, we we went through all sorts of things. We went through various different um names along the way. Then the initial name wasn't Irish and then we had to chat about you were really kind of keen on the Irish side of your name. It's like, oh my goodness, no, it needs to be an Irish name. You know, so all these things are kind of going on. And actually the name came reasonably easily. And so did other words like brother, son, all those kind of things. That little S that kept appearing on the start of he, that was actually the trickiest. And I think it's because all those gender words kind of just happen in the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And we just used to laugh about it and go, I just just always say, it's a measure of how much I love you. I'm finding this hard to change because I love you so deeply. <laughs> and then it got to the point where actually I was still so bad at that, that he going wrong. I, I was kind of like, I'm embarrassed now. I can't get this right. I should be able to just get this right. Yeah. Um, and you have lots of different struggles along the way. I mean, I think one of the things that we were sort of shocked by is we believed ourselves to be these liberal we get it we get the whole lgbt thing and then it happens in your family and you're going oh wow much harder Mm -hmm. you know this notion (laughs) um you know to try and kind of kind of live with this and fear for what this might be um but you just have to breathe you just have to breathe and live every day we got some super relationship counseling um just because you can probably most of you know how introverted Trevor is and actually this notion of I need to talk about it all the time and only to you and you don't really want to talk about it at all because you want to internalize your feelings 
and we actually had some brilliant counselling that kind of found us a space and a way to kind of have these conversations and share what we were feeling and thinking and you know and just plan the practical stuff like do you tell your mum and dad how do you tell them when do you tell them you know all these things you were kind of going through at the same time so yeah it was a wonky summer (laughs) yeah because my experience of you through all of this has been this um this real loving acceptance was it always like that in every moment or were some days just like really (laughs) oh you feared everything you absolutely feared everything but I, I guess what I came down to really early was I am walking this road with you and I have no idea where it's going to go. And I know you feel really sure and I feel lots less sure, but actually the destination isn't really the problem. The journey, the journey is what we're going on. And that's the only thing I do know is we're going on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that was kind of the only way through it. And, you know, it, like uh, you read in the press about all these parents who are supposedly trying to encourage their children <laughs> into this situation. And it just, no parent would ever do that. I think all a parent can do is go, I see where you are. I see what you feel you need. I will try and help put love and support around you in a way that is helpful, mm-hmm. you know, for you. But, you know, I was very clear, <laughs> probably over clear, Oren would say, on not being sure about the destination, but just wanting to walk beside, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So because you, you you become really unhelpful if you just question the destination all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually the, the transition I've seen in the last six months with Oren, you know, he's probably in the happiest place that I've seen him in a long time. He's living the life as he wants to lead it and as he needs to lead it. And all that just is really helpful, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for a parent to kind of kind of go, do you know what? He was only 13, but I think he did know. Yeah. <laughs> I think he really had thought about this a long time and for a long time. I want to go two places with you. I want to briefly stay with that and then I want to go bigger picture because obviously you're experiencing a bigger conversation as well. I, I know that for me, I was really minded when we were in conversation about Aaron going to have his top surgery mm. last year and just sitting with surgeries I'd had myself and how dramatic they were and thinking, gosh, I mean, a lot of trauma for the body, right, to go mm-hmm. through all of that. And um, I love the way you guys set it all up and I just know how excited he was from what you were saying about it but how did it feel to experience your child going under the knife like that? Um, I think it was less traumatic than I was expecting it to be I think I think I had actually you wait a long time so again for anybody sitting worried that transgender children today cannot can do all these things super quickly and that there's worry and fear around that you don't in Scotland the first thing you do is you sit in a waiting list for three years with no professional interaction at all now that is not good <laughs> but it means you do take a long time to kind of get through these these processes we had brilliant support from the gender surgery when we finally got access to them I felt they had been really helpful um and we we went through that process we, you, you my fear was actually how you would be not physically. I kind of thought you're young, you're fit, you get through this operation. I, I, I think my fear was that you would come out and what you thought would have changed wouldn't have changed. Mm. And that actually you might not be in as content a place. And, you know, so far it couldn't have been more wrong in that fear, um, you know, Aaron came out of surgery as being in about four plays since after never feeling he could put himself 
on stage, even though that was his desire um, because of his gender dysphoria, just suddenly being on stage, starting up doing his poems, you know, just presenting sort of trans poems to 1400 people at Greenbelt. Pretty big deal things whenever you're 18, living a way more exciting life than I was when I was 18. <laughs> um, but actually just, you know, you know, he's yes, he's come through it physically and I probably was less worried about that side. But actually, emotionally, it, it's really helped him settle as, as, and live the life that he needs to live. And, you know, he's talking about being happy for the first time. And his trans poetry is turning from what I might call trans rant poetry into kind of trans joy poetry about kind of feeling comfortable with where he's at. And that's just beautiful, really. Yeah. So I've watched you and we, we've had lots of conversations kind of navigate the, the bigger conversation. You're an HR professional. Um, you're, you've always been in the diversity and equality space anyway, as far as, as, far as yeah, I yeah. can remember. But suddenly you're launched into these conversations with a different view. Mm. Uh, you know, before where you might have been in a space of, and I think you I always experience you as this kind of very reasonable, let's find a place for everybody. You have a new pair of glasses mm-hmm. on now. And how has it felt to... Um, to watch the emotion and the energy that goes into the trans conversation and community in Scotland, everywhere else. How has that experience been for you? It's um it's horrific. It's it's horrific really. I mean, I, you know, I absolutely identify as a feminist and you know, women's issues are really dear to me. Um, and I fought for them, you know, long and hard. But actually. There's a real toxicity to this debate that it just, you know, we're calling it a debate, for goodness sake. This is lives we're dealing with and we're calling it, we're calling it a debate. And, um, you know, this notion that sitting on two sides, I sometimes think I might be the only person reading both sides, um, you know, because I, I really do, you know, try and read widely about these things. And, you know, it really reminds me of the troubles. It really reminds me of the troubles. It reminds me of this. You only look at the one thing that you want to believe on both, you know, and, and you clash in the middle. And if we don't, if, you know, how, how did we get from the troubles to peace? We got from the troubles to peace because little tiny grassroots happened. It wasn't because of the sort of toxic political, you know, it wasn't about any of that. It was because little people did little things to connect and to find that actually everybody's human, that actually everybody would prefer to live in a peaceful way and what tiny steps that you can do to then build the kind of groundswell. So I do think about the kind of whole trans feminist thing in terms of, well, how can we, how can we all be a little piece of grass here? You know, how can we all grow a little piece of understanding and, and actually, it's, it's you know, it takes some bravery to actually get to know a community that you don't know well. And you're probably a little bit scared of. I mean, I, I probably would have been a little bit scared of well, what is that? It's so different. It's so kind of alien to me. But actually, you know, there's a lot of Christian values going on in the transgender community, the way they support each other, the way they have to because they're getting, you know, spat at or egged or, you know, there's awful stories that I could tell. I don't think I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, there they, they really is a kind of a, a mutual love and support that you see growing there. So, so I guess I just think about it in those terms about, there's many times it just feels too hard and I just go, oh, back off. You can't, you can't do anything. But actually, if you do anything, you know, to me, it's little tiny things, maybe like this. Yeah. 
that kind of just help grow that understanding a little bit and try and think about well what would be the next little step and what would be the next little step yeah and the thing that I mean I spoke to you about this morning but even you know in the choice of the music today and uh, I think both of us want to thank Ian for his beautiful choice of the readings I mean astonishing to be able to draw mm. all of those out but this, the thing that I think I'm seeing repeatedly now, and, and you know, you thought you spoke about the song we're going to do in the offering and then said, oh, but I don't want people to interpret it this way. I want them to see it this way. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But this desire to make this issue black and white is to simplify it. I mean, I think for me and listening to you speak, the simplest thing is love, right? Mm-hmm. That's the North Star that, that we return to. But it's a complex conversation, mm-hmm. isn't it, with real people it is it it is and then a lot of it's played out in social media and then there's a lot of kind of reacting to that and you know then there's the notion of kind of different power levels so when somebody very big and famous says something they know they're going to get backlash and they put that out at a moment when they can they've got the resilience to kind of cope with that the people it hits Mm -hmm. it hits whenever it hits and it you know they have whatever little resilience they've got left that day and so, yes, I've seen them appear a bit like caged animals fighting, yeah. you know, back. And yes, I really understand that now, having seen, you know, some of the situations that they're in yeah. and some of the really tricky situations they're in, just trying to live a quiet life and not being allowed to yeah. by those around them. Um, you know, so so that even things like that, I understand a lot more, yeah. you know, than I ever did. But I think there's a real danger. This whole world where we only read the point of view that we want it's really really tricky and we actually have to you know get a bit of breadth on in there and you know there are some brilliant voices coming through now that's our 20 minutes it is I know and we I think I, I want to go through I feel like I'm, I should be hosting a podcast we've talked about it loads of times so. um I'm struck by one of the things I read Richard Raw uh, say or he may have even spoken it was who are we to think we can decide who God loves yeah because we're humanizing God mm-hmm. in that process. Let's close with this. What's your relationship with your faith been in all of this? It's been, I, you know, it's you've got no idea what the support of St. James has done. Um, every single little bit of it. You know, we wrote a hymn, got a trans child to record said hymn. You know, we, just so many little things. Like even the moment whenever I had to say to Suzanne, by the way, in Sunday school today, could you just quietly reference an orange trance and then move on really quickly to something else? <laughs> and she came out with a big you know, smile on her face going, I did it, don't know quite how, but I did it. You know, so many little people have had so many positive aspects of us. So many of the, the older members of St. James, fantastic, you know, in terms of their love and support for Oren. You know, during the pandemic, Oren got really close with Barbara, with Fiona and Elspeth, these different people. And actually just total love and, and acceptance from the range of generations in the family is really important because there is a sort of a fear of older generation views type thing that comes through. So, you know, I then keep my faith in the context of the inclusive church where I can cope with that. Mm. I do get a bit cross about the the wider church and the pain that it continues to cause for these views. So I guess that's why we've picked up on this offering song about there are Christians out there that I am trying to work out how to love. Yeah, (laughs) I hear you. 
So I'm going to ask this because it, it was a really conscious choice to come and be here today, just to give yourself some space. Um, and yet what I know is you are open to conversation. Sure. If um, what's your what's your preference in terms of the opening of a conversation with you? Like if people have more questions, how do you want that to be? What are the boundaries you want to draw there? I'm open to it. I'm absolutely open to it. And I feel like actually as a transparent, one thing she can do is protect your child from that. Because I actually think for Lauren, it's been very for long over the years, everybody in school. And interestingly, two different people asking the same question with two different intents means that one, he wants to say, uh uh-uh. And the other one he wants to open up to. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's interesting. So, you know, the intent of St. James is always love and acceptance. So if anybody wants to follow up on any conversations, let's do it. Let's do it. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to say thank you on behalf of all of us. I'm sure others will say it too. And actually what I really want to do is give you a big hug and then we'll come <laughs> back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Rosie and Danielle, uh, for doing that reflection. Huge amount of courage. Um, I think I've deliberately uh, not prepared prayers and I wanted to sort of respond really in my prayers what they said so forgive me if they're a bit clumsy um, but they will be they will be uh, heartfelt so a huge amount to think about so I will leave uh, moments of quiet um, but let us let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the courage Rosie has shown in sharing her journey with so many things for us to uh, think about and dwell upon. But most of all, the idea that you are fundamentally a God of love. And who are we to decide who God loves? For we know that you are an expansive and generous God who loves us at the core of our being. And as our psalm said, who knew us when we were in our mother's womb. So we do pray for Oren and his journey And what a wonderful person he is. And we pray that as a community, we would continue to walk alongside Rosie and her whole family to be with her in that journey. In the same way, that we have a God who we worship, Jesus, who is a God with us, fundamentally walking with us in our pain, in our joy, but utterly committed to our transformation so that we are free to be the person that we were created to be that we are all in a journey of becoming. We thank you for the wisdom of Rosie talking about the idea that we all identify not just as one thing, one stereotype that others may see us, but that 
We all identify in different ways. And we ask that we may continually be authentic in those different ways. And we thank you for Rosie's openness to have what is potentially a difficult conversation with feminists, uh, trans in debate and the potential toxicity of that debate. But actually, we need to meet one another and have those difficult conversations. And I pray that St. James, as a community, we would have space to honor one another's different views, whether political, whether faith-based, whether issue-based, that we may in our conversations continue to respect one another. And I pray that this small corner would be again a marker, a guiding post of our journey towards endeavouring to increasingly be an inclusive church that opens our embrace wide, that doesn't choose who we love. so that all may be welcome here, which is what stands on the capstone above our church here, that all would be truly welcome, that they would not be required to fit in, but instead just be themselves, and that they would be loved and cherished so that they may grow increasingly into the wonderful people that they are. So we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.